Welcome to our podcast, Inspiring Living, with me, Mark Candelaria. I am an architect, blogger, traveler, chef, father, and husband. I'm the founder and now partner of a fabulous 25-person architecture firm specializing in high-end residential architecture, designing amazing homes across the country. We have hosted tours to Italy, Spain, and now Napa over the last 20 years. And in the course of all this, I have met a lot of interesting people who truly inspire me. Our podcast is about all the opportunities that are right there in front of us to inspiring living. Yes, we will talk about architecture and design, but every week we will venture into all sorts of topics that will inspire you, teach you, and motivate you to inspire living every day. My guests will include a wide gamut of amazing people from those in the design industry to clients to real estate professionals, chefs, artists, sports figures, and philanthropists, and people who just flat out get it. Sit back and enjoy, and let's have some fun exploring all the opportunities that are there just waiting for us. Please subscribe and get ready to be inspired every week. Okay, as my dad says, here we go. Because Inspiring Living is all about the people and the organizations that inspire us, we are excited to have Monogram Appliances as one of our sponsors. Anytime we do a new kitchen or a kitchen remodel, Monogram Appliances are what we recommend to our client. Their appliances are the definition of luxury, meticulously detailed using the finest materials and an ownership experience that is second to none. This is how Monogram is always thinking ahead and inspiring and elevating the kitchen experience. Because at Monogram, they don't just elevate one thing, they elevate everything. Welcome everyone and thanks again for listening to our podcast, Inspiring Living. Well, we are here now in McMinnville, Oregon after our two-day road trip to Phoenix. I'm here with my lovely daughter, Tiffany. Hey, Tiff. Hey. And her boyfriend, Josh. Josh, you over there around the corner? He's working away. And we are chilling in our little air, what do they call it? Airbnb, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're chilling in the air, too. The air feels pretty (laughs) chill, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. I've been wearing pants and a sweater since we arrived. Yeah, it's nice. 57 degrees this morning. That was pretty chill, right? Way chill. So we had quite a journey. We had a two-day road trip getting here after, what, 1,300-plus miles. We get to the house, the Airbnb, and we... We pull up and there's cars in the driveway. We're like, what, yeah. what the heck? So I'm starting to freak out because I booked this. I did the whole thing. And my dad's like, is this a scam? What's going <laughs> on? And so I go to the door and try the code and it works and the door opens. But then I see people and like shoes and stuff. And so I close the door and I'm like, oh, my God, there's people in the Airbnb. So right away we check the dates and we're like, well, yeah, it says we're supposed to arrive on the 27th. And so the date's correct. And Yeah, I'm like, no, trust me, it's today. I did everything right. I talked to them. They knew we were coming next week. So, so we tried calling him. They didn't answer the phone because obviously they were out in the backyard having a picnic or whatever. And uh, so you went up to the door, rang the doorbell, and they were kind of freaking out like, who in the heck is at our door? I mean, they weren't freaking out. They came and answered it. And we explained who we are, and they were like, oh, my gosh, we are so sorry. Like, do you – we showed them the dates, and they're like, oh, my gosh. So – Yep. So uh, what could have been a awkward or bad situation, though, turned into something quite wonderful, didn't it? Was it was really fun. So he felt really bad, and he was like, why don't we try to set you up in the best hotel in town? It's called the Atticus. So we called him right away, and he spoke with them, and – um, we each we got two rooms and he had complimentary champagne and he gave us complimentary brunch in the morning and like the hotel was so cool and 
it was just fun because yeah. then we had an extra experience. Yeah, it was a great way to start the trip. Actually, he might he might want to think about just doing that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was. Uh, really I don't know if that's in his budgetary. Budget. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's in his budget, but it but it did work out really well. We had a good time, and yeah, now we're in the fine. house. And how do you like the house? I love it. The style's so neat. It's like mid-century modern meets like farmhouse with some like kind of Nordic decor. <laughs> And there's some some real happy squirrels out back. <laughs> They're a little bit active. I'm gonna make a whole video oh, about the squirrels. There they are. They're still here. out there having fun. They're on the roof. They're rolling around sideways. Yep. It's They're crazy. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Anyway, meanwhile, we are now in week 16 of working from home at Candelaria Design, and we were slated to come back to work in mid July, but with the rise in cases, we may now push it to mid August, and we will just keep zooming. So. I am technically now on a two-week vacation here in Oregon, and I plan to get some rest, do some writing, painting, photography, of course, cooking, and try to get some good exercise in while enjoying the heart of the Pinot wine region of Central Oregon. It's pretty nice. Isn't it? The tasting rooms, you got a nice tasting room set up for us for on Friday. Yeah, it's so gorgeous here. And we're sitting outside. We're staying safe, and we got our masks and our hand sanitizer, and we're doing a good job yeah. as Arizonans visiting Oregon. Which we shouldn't advertise. Yeah, it's <laughs> all right. We're here, but we're, here. we got tested. We're good. We, we know we're good. So Isabel will fly up mid-July as she has clients in town in Scottsdale this week and next week. And we have been apart just four days now, and I already miss her a bunch. So hello to my lovely Isabel. We are here in Oregon. We plan to do a couple of our candlelight design cooking classes while we're here, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, Should be we're fun. getting those set up. Yep. And then a couple quick announcements. As mentioned last week, our Candelaria Design Tour Napa is in the works for September 3rd through the 8th. And we are working with my good friend, client, and fellow Scottsdale Charles, Scott Courier, on charting one of his planes to take us all over from Scottsdale right into Napa. So we are taking this tour up a big notch. Should be pretty spectacular, right? Yeah, that'll be really nice and safe and convenient. Yes. So the details are on our website. I only have a few spots left, so don't wait as I get the sense everyone is ready to do some traveling in Candelaria style. And we will uh, put some emails out. So I know we're going to fill this up pretty quick. It's like I said, it's almost full already. We've already got quite a few deposits in. So it's just a couple spots and we'll get them filled up. We also have our Candelaria Design Tour Sedona now in the works, set from October 17th through the 20th. Yes, it's a quick tour, but it will be incredible as I will be staying at the Enchantment Resort with all of our close friends. And I designed the resort with my former friend, mentor, and partner, George Christensen, between 1983 and 1987. And we will be celebrating my 60th birthday, so get ready for that. Janice and Tiff are putting all the details together. And uh, you've been there. What do you think of Enchantment? It's enchanting. <laughs> it's enchanting, right? Okay, the details are on our website, so get on there and get registered. We're going to have some fun. Okay, thanks again to all of you who have been listening to our podcast as our listeners keep growing nicely. Thanks to all who tuned into our podcast last week featuring modern abstract artist Cody Hooper from Austin, Texas. Great story about perseverance and following your soul. This week's podcast is part one of a two-part podcast featuring another artist, but with a total different direction than Cody Hooper's path. Today's podcast features Anna Sadler of Surface Refinements, and we will get into her craft in today's podcast number one. And then next week, we'll talk with Anna and her husband, Scott, who joined me in studio to, to talk about their life story, which is amazing, including their time with it and adventures with 
none other than Ringo Starr and Prince Albert. So that should be a lot of fun. Okay, have a great week, everyone. Stay safe, and let's finish June with love, compassion, and positivity. Okay, here we go. My guest today is Anna Sadler, who owns and operates Surface Refinements, a Scottsdale-based company that creates artistic finishes for walls, ceilings, furniture, mirrors, as well as large-scale art on canvas. Okay, so we're, we're both early birds, that's for sure, right, Anna? Totally. I know that I can text you at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not waking you up. <laughs> well, this morning you might have. I, was, I worked till about 2 in the morning and then slept until about 5. So I slept in today. So. Ooh, <laughs> so, a big sleep in until 5 a.m., wow. Yeah, big, big <laughs> deal, right? So anyway, I'm glad you're here. This is so cool. I've admired your work. We've tried to get you in on as many projects as we possibly can because I just think your work is fantastic. So... Tell me a little bit more about what you do and uh, how you help out interior designers and builders. Well, first of all, thank you for all the opportunities that you've given us. We're truly appreciative and so humbled to work beside somebody who I consider an icon in this industry. You're somebody very, very special, Mark. Well, thank you. And That's very nice of being you. A, being a part of your projects and Isabel's projects and many of the interior designers is something that we don't take lightly. Yeah, well, so, I appreciate that. To answer your question, there, there are so many fabulous materials on the market today. The best I think I've seen in all aspects of interior design. It's really such an exciting time for us in our industry. Um, when it comes to options regarding wall treatments, there's always paint and wall coverings and fabrics and amazing tiles and glass and then hand-applied artistic finishes. I think each one of these plays a role and has its place. But what I love about what we're able to bring to the table is the ability to create really truly one-of-a-kind finishes that are customized to the space, both in color and scale and uniqueness. So when we brainstorm with an interior designer, they present their storyboard of materials and are looking for something unique to complement the selections. We have a multitude of products and tools that we use to create our finishes. We have numerous portfolios just full of samples and the options are not limited to what's in the bags. We can take any one of our samples, we tweak the colors, the textures, the scale of the pattern on a finish. Uh, one of the most amazing tools that we use to create custom patterns, for example, are one-time use masking adhesive vinyls. In essence, these are like stencils, but far more sophisticated and detailed. There's no limit to the patterns we can create. We have extensive design libraries full of options, and if there's something specific a designer would like, perhaps incorporating a pattern from a fabric or a rug, we have the ability to reproduce that pattern into a masking adhesive tool that we use during the process of applying the finish. One of the most important aspects of using these is to measure, measure, measure. There are times we can spend just an entire day or days taking measurements of a space. I fully believe in measuring three times but cut once. That's kind of that saying goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's true, even right? I, yeah. So even if I know I've measured twice... I'll go back and I'll do it a third time just to be sure. Yeah. Can't be detailed enough. Yeah, you're very Not detailed. And I've noticed that in doing the podcast with you. I mean, you are extremely detailed, which I love people like that because I think the more you're in this business, you realize it's all in the details. My husband sometimes likes to say I'm a little anal, but I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment for sure. And for the vinyls, it's not just a matter of peel and stick. You know, people think, oh, you just peel back the backing, stick up on a ceiling. It's just ceilings, for example, are the more, most challenging surfaces of all sometimes because to take something from the ground and get it up, up there. onto a ceiling yeah. is a whole different, gives you a whole different perspective. So 
What's beautiful about the vinyls is that a pattern, whether it be for a focal wall or an entire room, it's completely customized to the space. We apply the vinyls, we work our products through them, and then we remove that vinyl. That there's a, they're expensive, and we discard the whole thing in the garbage. And sometimes I think, like, can't we just try to reuse this one more time? Like, uh. thousands of dollars, but it's a tool, and it helps us, makes us better artists, because I, I could never do those things by hand. Interesting. So the, it's an interesting product. So with these, for example, with wallpaper, for example, the pattern starts and finishes wherever it lands on the wall. With what we're able to do, we'll tweak that pattern so at the top of the ceiling and the bottom of the baseboard, that pattern starts and finishes equally. Wow. We can go around the entire room. The pattern will die into the corner of the last wall exactly where the pattern started on the first wall. Wow. That's amazing. It's, sometimes there's a little tweaking involved. Sometimes a little fudging. But all in all, the outcome at the end is like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. No, I get so, it. So I, you have a, probably a pretty high appreciation for Michelangelo, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. My... my brother affectionately calls me Michelangelo. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're doing a focal wall, the top and bottom of the two sides will have a perfectly positioned pattern. It's not cut off mid-pattern. We have a really fabulous small company we work with in North Carolina who do all our custom vinyls. It's a hard-working couple. They've been working with us probably for oh, more than a decade, and there are no ends that she won't go to to make the crazy ideas I throw at her work. There's plenty of them. There's yeah. someone who understands our industry because she has walked the walk herself. Hmm. When I challenge her with what seems impossible, she'll figure it out, and we've done some pretty intricate and unique work over the years. I think she's in my back pocket as a secret weapon. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I think, you know, even with what you do, which is pretty much yourself, there's still a lot of people that really help execute what you do. It's No one no one does everything just by themselves, I don't think. It, it takes a village. Takes a village, exactly. Right. Yep. And currently, we have one of the most unique contemporary homes we've ever worked on. There are so many areas we've created some pretty unbelievable walls. We have a client with a really great imagination, and she throws stuff at me. She says, "Well, can you do this?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, we can do that, <laughs> sure." And then, oh my God, how am I going to figure this out? So, I can't say much more about the project now, but there will be an announcement and nationwide coverage of this home in the year to come. So it's that's awesome. Exciting. That's very exciting. That's great. Yeah. So discuss your antique mirrors in that process and and how that all goes into your repertoire. Well, came a point some years and years of doing this that we probably explored every surface to apply our finishes to. I was really seeking something to sink my teeth into. Um, so back in 2007, I think this is when we started, timing was on my side because there was a private class being offered in San Diego that next month. Um, the instructor, fabulous man, been doing this craft for his lifetime. Um, he was a master and still is, and we were so fortunate that he decided to share his knowledge of this incredible technique of antiquing mirrors. I came home, my head was spinning with ideas. Wow. So we contacted a local mirror and glass company. We bought dozens of sample-sized pieces of mirror, and then we went to town. Hmm. When, we worked, when we worked on the class samples in California, the chemical process took forever. I mean, like, hours. I quickly found out that the heat of our summers here were... At least that was to our advantage, because what took two hours in San Diego literally took two minutes here. Two minutes. Scott would start to roll the, the product in the back of the mirror and start to bubble up even before we got to the end. So we had to, like, double time it. It was a big learning curve, but in some ways, due to my impatience, it's a bonus because I want things and I want them now. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do is we take a new piece of mirror. Uh -huh. Within a matter of days, we can make it look like a 300-year-old antique piece of mirror. 
we just love to play with different techniques to achieve the aging. And I like to say it's a collaboration between Mother Nature and our hands. Yeah, neat. Which isn't necessarily easy for me to accept because I'm a total type A personality. I like to have control <laughs> over what I'm doing as much as possible. But I learned that sometimes the most organic and unique results happen when you learn to let go a little bit and yep. trust the process. Yep, exactly. So one question I have that you make me yeah. think of, and I'll just interrupt you here because sure. I, just from my other podcast, you know, I've been to Italy obviously several times and I've interviewed some of the craftsmen and artisans that, that do just amazing stuff like you. And what's happening there is the next generation's not interested in doing it because it's too much work, it's too hard, you know, whatever. And so what am I, you, know, you just brought up mentorship and some of the things that you've learned from, from past artisans. I would love to see you find a way to share your knowledge to the next generation. So I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I just want to plant that in your head because you are so amazing and it would be, it'd just be a shame for that craft and knowledge and art to be lost. Do you see what I'm saying? I totally get it. I have been asked to teach. Um, it's something I may decide to do one day, but it's, it, for the moment, I just I feel so responsible. I want to make sure that I'm able to, it's, not, it's one thing to be able to execute something, it's yeah. another to be able to teach it to somebody. So right. I'd want to make sure that these people and potential students would be given the same opportunities that I was given. Yeah. But and sometimes it's not even in the classroom type setting. Sometimes what I found that works really well is just let someone shadow you and just kind of be an apprentice, you know, and they just learn it along the way. Uh, whether, yes. whether they stick with it or not, that's always beyond your control, and that's always the difficult thing. You put so much time and effort into something, and they go, no, nope, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> you know, off they go, and all that time is just gone. So it is, it's, it's tricky. You know, the whole thing is really, really tricky, and I just, I worry about, you know, because I love a lot of the traditional arts, and I know you can do contemporary and everything too, but I just worry about where are we going to find these people 10, 15, 20 years from now? So... It's I hope things come full circle because right now what I see in the new generation is a completely different work ethic. Yeah. Having, you know, a daughter who's in her mid-20s mm -hmm. and just, yeah, sometimes I wonder, like, whose kid are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no resemblance to the work ethic that, you know, she saw growing yeah. up yeah. between Scott and I and, you know, days off and working and just everything's about work and right. effort and diligence and you know they just they want instant gratification so. yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i see yeah. i think it's just because of how the, everything's wired with social media and everything it's it, it should happen instantly right it doesn't take right. all this effort and time i mean i'm gonna have to put in five years or ten years of, of of work and knowledge and before i really get there well, that's too long <laughs> you know so that's exactly. my work that's my worry you know and i think everything's just going to become this clean edited contemporary with no detail because you know it takes no effort and I'm seeing a backlash of that style because of that is what I'm starting to see. And I'm, oh, I'm really? seeing, oh yeah, and I'm seeing a big appreciation for the things like that you're doing because of the fact who can do it. See what I'm saying? Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So sorry to interrupt you there. I just, when you, when no, you brought you that up, when you brought that up, it just made me think of, of, of that whole craft and trade and just how special it is. So, so anyway. You, well, the whole world's got a reset button right now happening, so... You know, who knows? When yeah. Out of this situation, things might really change. Yeah, I think so. Better. I hope that's the good takeaway. Yeah. I think there's going to be a real value placed on things that are hand done and personally done and not machine done. Because, exactly. again, I just think it's going to be rare and rare to find that 
hence it'll become more valuable. It's the law of supply and demand. So, you know, I think if you can find some people that you can apprentice, I think I, you know, I'm not telling you how to run your business. I just, I just, I'm just being selfish. I just don't want this to go away for the next generation. That's all. So. Well, it's definitely food for thought. Yeah. So in your talk here, you you made a fun analogy about your business and a and a play, like a, a theater theater play. Talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, I like to compare the process of a work to a theatrical performance because we start with the audition, which is meeting the client or the yep. designer. We present ourselves and our portfolios, and then once we get the job, then the rehearsals commence, which is where the research and sample process begins. Right. One of my absolute favorite parts of a new job is the research behind-the-scenes work to bring a sense of uniqueness to every job. We have clear plastic bins lined up along the walls of our garage for each current project. I place my materials in there, samples, products, embellishment notes, and every day we come in, I have to walk through by that wall, and it keeps the ideas fresh and inspired in my, in my mind. So, you know, this process takes weeks, and all this happens before we can even put a brush to the wall. It's not just a matter of showing up with clients one day. Here we are with our scaffolding materials. And We're ready to go. It's what happens, you know, the weeks of preparation into it, you know, but once the job starts. So once the job starts, there's the first act. We start the process of a layered finish, the second act or next layer. And then there's the intermission, which is usually the overnight drawing process. The next day we come back to the next act, build up, and then what often is the most scary part where we really wish our clients were out of town, the scary layer happens. The <laughs> finish doesn't look anything like the sample board that they approved. If they walk in the room at that point, they look at us thinking, oh my God, what's lost, they've lost their minds. Where are, you, where are you going here? <laughs> this isn't what we talked about. Not at all. But then the finale comes, the final layer, the big reveal, it all comes together. It's just so magical. We pull the tape, we clean up, the furniture gets back in place, and it's like we were never there. The finish is always just a part of the space. That's yeah. really important. It doesn't look like it's fresh and you know, it sticks out. So sometimes we're the supporting actors, it's just a beautiful soft background to complement the furniture and draperies and art and rugs. And then sometimes we're the stars when yeah. the finish is the focal point of the area. So either way, we're going for that Tony Award. There you go. I the love that. The question is, what do we do for an encore? So what do you do for an encore? Keep raising the bar. <laughs> Keep raising that bar, right? <laughs> Keep, Keep pushing it. And that's it. that's exactly it. I mean, it's, I think if you get satisfied and get complacent, you're just not – that's what I tell my people all the time. If you're not learning and pushing pushing the envelope, you're, you're not moving forward. you got to constantly exactly. be pushing. And that's what keeps it fresh, and that's what keeps it exciting, and that's where, you know, the exhilaration comes from putting in the hard work. If you just numb yourself out and keep doing the same thing, it's 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 basically the end of your whole – It's robotic. Then it's, it's yeah. Just, then it's just – you know, labor. I need to have butterflies in my stomach. Exactly. Every morning, I want them. Exactly. There. Exactly. So you mentioned it takes a village to do these these projects. Um, there is an important sidekick in your village. Tell us about that. Well, as you know, and many people know, I work alongside Scott. Yep. And even though he's really the behind the scenes kind of guy, and that he's the one taking the pictures and putting me in front of the camera, he's such a big support in just so many ways because. He provides a perspective that I would normally see. Right. It's hard. It's hard not to view everything through an artistic lens. Yes. And sometimes what he sees is far more revealing. He'll point something out and go, oh, wow, I, I never looked at it that way. I find, I find it so helpful, and it, it's, it happens every day. <laughs> yeah, every it's, it's exactly the same in our business, Anna. I mean, I can work on a drawing and be into it and just be so myopically focused on it. 
and you know Vivian will walk in, walk in and look and say, "What are you doing right here?" And I go, "Oh shoot, I never even saw that." You know, it's like, "Wow, good call, good catch." And so I I really encourage artists and and you know like my staff to do that. I mean, get into it, get deep, go you know take it as far as you can, but then step back and and let a couple other artists come in and and kind of give you some critique. It's a it's a great process. It sure is. Not only that, and sometimes it's in addition to what you know Scott helps me with too. Is sometimes for ourselves as artists, or you know, your drawing or what you do, you have to walk away. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to go take a break. Leave yeah. It, put, yeah. Put the pencil down. Yeah, and you know down. that's the same thing that that we find too in our businesses. You know, I can work on a project for two or you know two or three hours, two or three days, whatever it is. But then I find if I stop and go work on another project for a couple hours and or, or a couple days, and then maybe another project for a couple hours, a couple days, and then come back to that project, I do far better than just going so deep down the rabbit hole and not seeing exactly. it seeing it freshly. So that's another thing that people say, how come you're just working on my project? I said, well, it's, that's actually a big advantage for me to kind of keep hopping around because it just keeps my, my brain much more uh, alert, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Not on autopilot. Yeah. It's easy to drift, like I said, drift down uh, the rabbit hole and <laughs> just really miss the obvious sometimes. So so another thing that uh, we were both involved in and was a very dear project for us was the Phoenix Dream House. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, what I remember of the Dream House, and we haven't been involved since, and I probably need to go back and revisit, it's a, it's a, um, it's a place, it's a facility, an old hotel, basically, down on Grand Avenue and, I don't know, maybe 15th Avenue or something like that, or 19th Avenue, I can't remember exactly where it is, uh, where they took an old hotel and they've been gradually rehabbing it into a, a place of uh, refuge for, um, I think, mostly women that have been uh, part of sexual trafficking yeah. and that whole horrible, horrible experience. And what they try to do is is, you know, they find them, they bring them back, they train them, they give them a place to live uh, safely, and just slowly bring them back into uh, hopefully a nice reality because some of them have just gone through so, such horrible things. When you hear the stories, it's just, it's just utterly repulsive. And, you know, some of these poor girls have, now have babies and they got to have a place to do that and raise them. And so, what we were involved in, I don't know, even how many years ago, maybe it was, it's been quite a few years ago, maybe five or six. Quite a few years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got asked by Mark and Chris Donnelly, who are great friends of mine, to help, and they had a, a contest, I believe, I can't remember how many rooms it was, but we were all asked as this group of designers to refurbish and, you know, take this motel room and turn it into a dream room. And um, that was a fun, fun project. A lot of work. But it, was, it was a lot of work. It, it was so rewarding. It was so rewarding. So how was that for the lead? And I know we went a little far there, but it, it's just a great project. And, it, and again, I encourage anybody, if you just Google it, you'll find it. It's a great program to be a part of, to give to, and it makes, it makes such a big difference in the community. So you and I were involved so in that. Rewarding. Right? Yep. We were involved in Linda from Camelback Interiors. Yep. Was the lead designer. Yeah, Linda Martin, who was amazing. A good friend. So amazing. Yep. It was just so rewarding because to think that the finishes that we incorporated into the rooms that we were asked to do, these are the same products and processes that we put into the multi-billion dollar homes that we work in. <laughs> to think that these girls, after coming from this challenging, challenging and difficult circumstances, they yeah. did, that they wake up every day and experience this beauty and give themselves, you know, 
new hope right and new life I, I can't even begin to describe what that project i mean i'm looking at my arm getting goosebumps just thinking about it you know yeah. so well our project our project won our our team had the best dream room we got that plaque in our office and we're all very cool very 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 <laughs> proud of it so it was it was great to to win that that thing and i'd love to find out uh from mark and chrissy what's going on so i need to check back in with them well if they're doing any more yeah in. yeah i'd love to see where they are on that because that's that's quite a quite a project so yeah. um tell us about some of the clients and some of the projects you you guys have recently done i know you've got one with an avid art collector that you were telling me about oh that was a project it, so one of our designers from sedona she hired us to work on one of her projects for some of her best clients about their second home in Sedona and their principal residence in Chicago. So we spent a few weeks planning the finishes. We worked closely with her, working off photos and plans, and we prepared all the final sample boards and selections for the spaces in this magnificent penthouse in Chicago. Oftentimes, many of our clients have second residences that they vacate when the weather is beautiful here in Arizona. So I think you can guess that we weren't flying to Chicago in the summer. <laughs> Where do we find ourselves in the middle of winter, December 31st? Oh, gosh. We're in Chicago. Perfect. What's the weather like in Scottsdale, you know, as you know. So, yep. anyway, whatever it takes, right? The couple in question, they were great, avid theater goers, a big part of the social scene. They had a beautiful art collection. And one of the rooms that we were asked to design finishes for was their dining room, where on one of the walls we designed a super ultra-contemporary black woven plaster texture. So it was supposed to be a focal wall for one of their most prized paintings. Um, they, they showed us the art catalog that had the painting in it, and suffice to say, it was an extremely important piece and valuable. So we knew we had to make that wall absolutely perfect as a backdrop to this treasure. We spent uh, probably three weeks finishing up the project, and we flew back home. We didn't speak to the client. We never saw them when we were there. But some months later, when they returned back to Chicago for the summer, we had a chance to meet up with the designer. We spoke with the clients, and we asked how the painting looked on the wall. We were stunned and floored. The client told us the wall was so beautiful, they couldn't bear to cover up one inch of it with the painting. <laughs> so they ended up hanging that painting on a totally different wall. Wow, that's a compliment. <laughs> that was a big compliment. Yeah, and that's then, awesome. Uh, that was one client out of town, and then may I talk about another client that we yeah, have? Yeah, go keep going. I love it. One of our best local clients, where um, we worked in their home. She said when we first met her, our first very first meeting, she said, "I'm going to keep you busy for a year." Wow. Well, we hear stuff like that all the time. Maybe, sure. You know, like to exaggerate, but sure enough, one year and nine days later, and I documented it. <laughs> we finished the entire home, save for just one last space. I should add that, you know, these clients are extremely generous and respectful in so many ways, and they're so conscientious of our well-being. She knows that we work so hard, and, and she told us she never wanted to monopolize our time for yeah. the entire year. So basically, she gave us carte blanche to work on any area of their home at our convenience. Interesting. It's so nice. To keep going out there and market ourselves, work with other clients, just feel free to schedule them, and whenever it worked on our schedules like who does that everybody wants everything yesterday right but that that's the kind of people these these folks are so anyways during that time in addition to all the other spaces she was constantly telling us how much she wanted to have us do the nursery so not because she has little kids but they have four grown sons and mm -hmm. many many grandchildren yep and she wanted to create a special space in the theme of an african safari because they had a family vacation oh that's some cool. years before and the memory of it was very special to them so finally, we're all set to do the nursery, and then one of their sons 
proposed to his girlfriend and set the date for the wedding a few months out. Wow. Having a beautiful home like that and a property, they wanted to be able to do the wedding in their family home. So I told our client that in order to complete the house with everything she had on her list, the nursery would have to be put off again if she wanted everything in the main areas done. So that's how we proceeded. We got it all done, and then they were leaving for their second home in Michigan for the summer. So I told her that during their absence, we would find time to get the nursery done. We discussed the finish, which incorporated using metallic plasters troweled through a safari-themed lace. <laughs> what we do is we affix the lace to the wall, we trowel the plaster through it, we remove the lace carefully, mm -hmm. and the pattern remains on the wall. So it's a really pretty cool process. Wow. So this was only going to be done on the headboard wall, what she thought. We designed a crocodile border mimicking a rug in the playroom that we're going to go around the top of all four, wall, four walls, period. That's what she thought she was getting. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't ever leave anything at a certain level, and I know I can raise the bar and really go all out. So I didn't say a word to her. We designed several animal silhouettes, huge giraffes and elephants and zebras and cheetahs and birds and hippopotamus <laughs> and butterflies and dragonflies and flowers and field grasses and trees. And that same lace pattern that we use on the headboard wall, we troweled within the silhouettes and all the animals and trees and grasses. Wow. We, yeah, it was cool. We created flowers and insects and turtles and frogs and sparkles and glass beads and crystals and plasters. And we carried the lace pattern into the adjoining bathroom. We ran the crocodile border in the archways between the rooms. It was just so cool. So so anything's possible. It's, it's what I've been hearing from you through all of this is is you don't say no because you know it is possible some way, somehow, and in the process you usually invent something that makes it happen. So I think it sounds like you could just go forever and ever, Anna. I mean, it's just, it's endless. There's, there are no limits. <laughs> There's just, no limits, you know, right? I, I, gotta, I gotta take it. If I can take it somewhere, so I just really want to just... Um, <laughs> so well, during the, regarding this project, during yeah. the time we were there... Her hubby was flying back and forth from Michigan and was he was sworn to secrecy because he'd walk in and he'd see the room was upside down and what's going on? Like, you guys aren't done yet? <laughs> and then, you know, we let him in on what we were doing. So I said, you can't tell Kim. You can't tell Kim. So she never knew what we had planned and the gift. We decided to give the, this to them as a gift. Right. It was an extra as a thank you for everything that they did for us during that year, their patience and the friendship that we had developed. So the day we knew they were flying back, we asked her hubby to call us before they landed their plane and we wanted to make sure we were there upon arrival. She, she had no idea what had been going on. We took her by the hand and said we had a surprise. So we made her close her eyes. We took her by the hand and led her to the room. We placed her hand on the door handle and said, you can open your eyes when the door's open. She opened the door. I'm getting goosebumps again. <laughs> the look on her so face, cool. the smile that lit up her eyes was worth every second of weeks of planning, the days and days of work. It was just the best feeling to be able to give a gift of our time yep. to basically be and your talent. anything. Well, it was. I mean, it's time and talent, <laughs> and that's your gift. It's your time and your talent combined, really, truly. We, we love what we do. Yeah. We really, it's, it's. I pinch myself, even though it's hard work, and you know, people see up front the finished product and think it's all glamour, but right, the hard work makes it so worth it. Worth it, yeah. So let me ask you this: is um, What's more valuable to you, the the memory, the emotion that you get from your customers, or the money that you got from your customers? What's what sticks with you the most? I say this probably a dozen times a month that if the compliments could pay the bills, I'd take that any day. Right. 
That's how right. I am. It's like I don't remember what the fee was. I don't ever tell no. that story. Like it's, if someone asks you, yeah, it's the feeling. If someone asks you about a project, you don't tell them, oh yeah, it was a great project. I made forty thousand dollars on that project. It's like that's I don't could could care less. I mean, I got to pay the bills, obviously. Yeah. But it's not what I remember. It's I remember the experience and the satisfaction and the gratitude and the connection with the customer. I mean, that's that's what it's about for artists, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, for if sure. I write a book one day, those are the things I'm going to write about. Right, exactly. So, what are the, so there's some current favorite areas that you love to work in what, in a home. What what are those? Tell us about that. Ooh, our favorite spaces, probably our powder baths. Yeah. Even though it's the, probably the smallest room in the house, we refer to them as jewel boxes. Yep, exactly. You know, we really get the opportunity to go to town creating totally over-the-top spaces. Everyone, you know, just loves to show off their homes, but the powder bath, for some reason, is the crown jewel. Yeah, no, that's cool. You, know? you might I have to come over here. Most, you might have to sorry. come over here and do a little magic for us on ours, I think, now that I think about it. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of our most intricate finishes have been in these smaller, intimate spaces. We just, we put out all the stops. We crystals and jewels and glass beads and mica flakes and sumptuous metallics. We had one client who loved her powder bath so much, granted it was a larger powder bath. She had cocktail parties in her home and started the evening in that room. Oh, my God, so that's pretty. so funny. That's so cool. <laughs> so you you love to cook. I know that. We spoke about that. And um, you like to compare the process of cooking and baking with your work and some of the finishes. Tell us about that a little bit. So we have about five portfolios currently in rotation full of samples. One portfolio bag in particular was meant to be my retirement package portfolio. <laughs> to back that up, our portfolios are a result of experimenting and creating finishes at our home studio. So many of them are a collection of samples that we've accumulated from years of taking specialty classes. This is my fun time. I get to travel about five times a year to a few different cities in the country mm -hmm. where I get to hang out with my fellow artist friends. But a group of us, we get together, we bring our, our favorite mentors and teachers for a week-long class, and we get to experiment and play with products and new techniques Very and cool. just share creative energy. It's by far one of my favorite ways to spend what I call downtime. Unfortunately, it's been put on hold for the moment with what the world is going through, but right. it's my, my favorite thing. So on one of these occasions, a few years back, the focus of the class was creating a more artistic, abstract, painterly type of portfolio. I was so enamored and yet so intimidated by this new style it just took me so completely out of my comfort zone because hmm. it was so new and it tapped a different part of my creative brain i was really excited the prospect of growing as an artist and not always creating finishes i was comfortable and familiar with right even though our other portfolios have samples that are super cutting edge and current and beautiful and varied they're a different type of formula to execute they're more like baking right it's which one tends to follow a recipe more carefully too it's definitely more like chemistry yep more rules yep. but the abstract portfolio was more like cooking because hmm. I'm, I'm a total rule breaker in the kitchen <laughs> i love to improvise and wing it and whatever ingredients are handy i like to use my imagination and be more bold and daring when i throw in the pot yeah so back to the abstract portfolio retirement package this was going to be my ticket off scaffolding one day. I thought, wow, create art on canvases, work from home, no construction sites, right. be done with the three levels of scaffolding, the noise, the dirt. As I typically like to do when I return from one of these weeks away is to drop in on our designers and share the latest sample. So bringing up Linda again, uh, she loved that portfolio so much. And timing had it that she was working with some clients and she fell in love with one of the samples. 
I thought to myself, wow, retirement might be coming sooner than I thought. <laughs> I mean, that was quick. Yeah, except her next comment was, well, it's not space. It's a little bit bigger than a canvas, more like uh, a 19-foot headboard wall. Oh, my gosh. Can you adapt the finish to something of that size? Guess what my answer was? Yes, of course. <laughs> Took me two seconds to, of course, say yes. We did. <laughs> and once I got my feet wet with that beautiful, big, awesome art wall, I was hooked. The retirement, quote-unquote, off ladders was going to have to wait. Um, but my head started spinning with the possibilities of creating this one-of-a-kind, really unique, total, complete art walls. I mean, you, you start and you don't know what you're going to end up with. Wow, that's neat. So it's kind of a cool, really cool process. Yeah, and uh, Linda Martin's so much fun to work with. I mean, like I said, we worked with her amazing. on the Dream Room, and she's we bump into her. She's a neighbor. She doesn't live too far from us, and we bump into her at little venues and stuff, and she's she's just such a great lady. I mean, I just always love love talking to her. So she's And she's got that same kind of can-do attitude, always, doesn't she? Always. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so what was fun was that a few weeks ago, the phone rang, it was Linda, and she said, you know, remember that beautiful wall you created a few years back with that finish that I fell in love with, it was meant for a canvas? Well, I need you to create that exact finish for me again, only this time, guess what? It's on the canvas. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah, so, you know, life comes full circle. Yeah, you're, well, you're manifesting it. That's what happens, and that's what I tell people, too, is like, <laughs> put it out there. Put it out to the universe. Put your dream out there. Believe in it. Visualize it happening. And oh, yeah. it'll happen. It'll like it may not happen exactly the way you think, but that energy will come to you, and it does. And most people just don't stick with it. And I just say, just keep sticking it. Just keep that vision in your head. And I think your subconscious somehow brings you to it. You know, I, I think, think so. Right? Total believer. I'm a total believer. Yeah, I am too. I I've seen it. Board too. Cut stuff out. And yep. That's, it's just you know. Something it happens. It works. Every day. It yeah. works, right? And so then we, uh, Isabel and I had a fun project with you up in Silverleaf uh, for a wonderful, wonderful client. And uh, Schultz Development was the builder, and, and we got to collaborate with you. Tell us about that a little bit. That was that was a fun project. Amazing clients. So yes. much fun. And, you know, despite the fact that that home, I, I don't know, you tell me, but what, 14,000 square yeah. feet or it, so? It's up there in the tens of thousands. <laughs> How, how did a home that size become such an intimate, beautiful space and a family home? I mean, these folks really enjoy their home. Yeah. So many places. That it's a family home. It's a family home, and they get use out of it so much. And so I, I think there was a theme with Loretta involved in her home with certain patterns, and it was trying to incorporate that pattern into one of the areas that she asked we were asked to do with Isabel from had asked us to collaborate on and like Mark seriously how big was that hood like it's big it's like a that, that I say I always tell people that kitchen is like a cathedral it's just you know it's it's huge but boy you brought some beautiful detail and life to that that gigantic element it looks gorgeous and it was featured in Phoenix Home and Garden which is great it was I was that's always so exciting when I get to open the magazines and go like it's just you know I can't believe it you yeah know, just beautiful magazines there's there's my our work yeah there be forever part of something yeah no that was great and she loved color too yeah well and Isabel loves color so any opportunity she gets to employ color she's she's all over it I'm the I'm the kind of the neutral one uh, only because I feel it's safe. But then Isabel will show me a swatch or something. I go, oh, my gosh, are you serious? That's so bright or that's so blah, blah, blah. And then she does it. And I go, God, I love, I love this. This is so nice. You know, so I love her courage, you know. 
And uh, you're the same way. I mean, I love when the two of you collaborate because it's just, I just don't know where it's going to end up. And it always ends up in some place that's just absolutely magical. So you guys just got to keep it up. Keep it going. Right? Love to. <laughs> so I love your line here, life is not a sample board. T tell, me, tell me where that comes from. <laughs> well, learning curves. You know, every day is a new day. And you yep. can teach an old dog new tricks. So yep. you have to learn how to troubleshoot. Yeah. Every problem is really just an opportunity to find a solution, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's like we were saying earlier. Just push yourself. You know, if you're pushing yourself, life becomes so much more exciting. I mean, it, it becomes unexpected. It becomes exhilarating. And, you know, every day is an opportunity to push yourself a little bit and make it a memorable day. I mean, it, there's only so many days that we all have, right? I mean, we saw that with our good friend, like I said, Bob Ch Barb Chalky. And, you know, it's just like, I, I love I love the opportunity that just awaits every single day. So it is. It's like and that sample board. It's like a blank canvas. What am I going to paint today? Right? Right. And so we never know. I mean, things don't always go according to plan. Nope. So just for example, we had a huge learning curve. When we moved here from Florida. Yeah. Talk about like a total opposite climate. You know, we learned <laughs> how to use many of the same products in a wet, humid environment. Yeah. So they had to it flip around. To huge walls. You have to learn to work at a certain speed to avoid situations where sure. products want to dry before you have the time to finesse them. Yep. In Florida, back in those days, wall glazing was a finish we did a lot of. We could literally roll the glaze, go for lunch, come back, and pick up where we left off. <laughs> the open time really wasn't ever an issue. And then we moved to Arizona. Bam. The humidity is basically non-existent. Yeah. Very same products that just didn't want to cooperate. It was like learning how to walk all over again. We really Interesting. had to revamp every single finish and revise every product recipe. We eliminated so many finishes just because of dry times. It was a good lesson on knowing how to improvise yeah. and reinvent yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's why I like to say life is not a sample board. And what works on a 19 by 24 size board does not necessarily cooperate in a massive wall. <laughs> so true, isn't it? You know, the limitations of products and just know how to troubleshoot when stuff happens out of your control. Yeah, and just learn. Learn from each each little failure is only a failure if you stay there. I tell, you know, I say just keep moving. Just keep moving forward. Learn from it and keep moving and you'll be fine, you know. But most people love to quit. They go, well, I failed. I quit. Well, then that, oh, that no. that's where you're stuck. You're going to be in failure forever. So, you know, I think just failure to me, if I'm not failing enough, that means I'm not probably pushing myself hard enough. You know. I, I agree. So I, I wanted to tell you about one fun thing. So sometimes things how things happen in a day unexpectedly. Yep. So I'll just maybe finish off with this one little story. So we had a situation last summer. It was crazy. We were doing a glass bead finish on a ceiling in an entry tower. I would think the walls were about 18 feet high, and we had to protect the walls with painter's plastic from any potential glass bead product that could potentially drop onto the walls as, as we apply this goopy mixture upside down. <laughs> so shower caps are part of our arsenal. Um, so imagine 18 feet up, levels of scaffolding, a round tower, plastic covering the walls, and we'd created our own hothouse. It was July. Oh, the heat rose. I mean, the, temp the difference in each layer of scaffolding as we kept on climbing was... 10 degrees. It was so noticeable. Huh. And so Scott was applying the specialty metallic base coat. It was so hot in that scaffold. With his own body heat, I swear to God, Mark, he set the, off the smoke detectors. Oh, <laughs> there was no fast way to unplug the battery mechanism. It wasn't cooperating. So for about 45 minutes, the smoke detector was ridiculously loud. Oh, the heat God. was off the charts. He was soaking, dripping wet. And the client was home. She was so understanding. But we were so distraught, as you can imagine. So it was such a situation. Anyway, we finally ended up finishing the ceiling. So 
I guess I could really say my hubby's so hot he sets off smoke detectors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard somebody setting off a smoke detector with their body heat. Man, that's intense. We've never had that. Oh my gosh. It's craziness. <laughs> that's so funny. So no, I know you do a lot of residential spaces. You want to get to, more into some commercial spaces too, correct? I really would love the opportunity. We've worked on a couple spas in the valley and yep. between doing the work and having it be visible and a little bit of bartering involved. That was nice. Yeah. Um, we just love to be able to apply artistry to some more commercial spaces where I think that they can be seen and enjoyed by more people. Sure. I want to kind of go in there and be a fly on the wall and, and watch people's reactions. Yeah, so and that is that is there. that is the nice part about doing some commercial work is is more people are exposed to it. I mean, we do these fabulous houses and you know a handful of people ever see it, but you get you get in a restaurant or a hotel lobby and. You know, thousands of people are going to see your work. So I think what you just did, though, and as you realize, you just manifested that, right? I mean, you just put it out there. So it's going to happen. All right. I'm ready. So I expect you to call me probably within, I would, I'll give you 30 days. You call me and tell me, oh, my God, Mark, I cannot believe it happened that quick. Okay? So I'm going to be waiting for that call. Deal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Your work is fabulous. And what, what I, I mean, I th your work is fabulous on its own, but what I find so fabulous is your energy, your story uh, behind your work. I mean, that to me is what makes your work so special and so lasting. It's, it's, it's you. It's your energy, your drive, your precision, your, your, your anal ability to just get <laughs> soaked into the details. That's, what, that's why you're successful, and that's why your work stands out. Well, Mark, I... I really really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share part of that with your audience and thank you so much no you're fabulous and like i said we want to spend more time with you and scott because your energy is just infectious and it's what it's the kind of energy we love to be around so thank you so much for doing this today thank you mark you have a great day all right you too Thank you, Anna Sadler. That was fantastic. And I invite all of you to stay tuned next week and we'll have part two of this podcast where we'll talk to both Anna and her husband, Scott, about their life and how they met and how they grew up and how they all ended up here in Arizona. So stay tuned for that. You will love the background to this successful story. Have a great week, everybody. I want to say a big thank you to my good friends at Stockett Tile and Granite Company, where your project is our priority. The Stockett team, along with so many others, are wrapping up the final details on our demonstration kitchen at our new expansion of our Candelaria Design offices. We've started our online video cooking classes, and our kitchen is amazing. I have had the pleasure of working with the Stockett team for nearly 40 years on some amazing projects, and trust me, they are the epitome of excellence when it comes to tile, marble, and granite, work bar none. Their skill and customer service is impeccable, and the bottom line is they are just good people. I have traveled with, dined with, and just had good times, both personally and professionally, with Dave Stock and his lovely wife, Becky, and they are the best. When it comes to your next kitchen, make sure Stock It Tile and Granite is a part of your team. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We encourage you to write a review, screenshot it, and share it with your friends. Please instant message it to me and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We thank you for listening, and we look forward to sharing more insights to inspiring living next week.